Good morning. Good looking crowd here this morning. It's bad to have to follow that up. I can go ahead and tell you that. If you will, turn with me this morning to Exodus chapter 3. I just want to say it's a joy to be standing here this morning and I'm praying for Brother Sammy and a quick recovery for, for him and his illness there. But the title of our lesson this morning is I Am, like you see on the screen here. And I, I was doing my scripture reading here a while back, and this verse, Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, stuck out to me a little bit different than it, than it ever had before. But everybody just about knows the story of Moses. You know, at the time Moses was born, the, the king there in Egypt, he was trying to uh, suppress the, the growth of, of the Israelites there. And so he, he uh, handed down a, a word saying, hey, if, if, a, if a boy is born, kill him. If a, if a Hebrew boy is born, kill him right then. And... So Moses was born, and they took him, and they hid him. Everybody knows the story, in a little, in a little reed raft over in the, in the Nile River. And so Pharaoh's daughter, and she comes over, and she, she, saves, him, she saves him out of the river, and then she, she adopts Moses and, and raises him up. Well, Moses, you know, gets a little bit older, and he goes out to see his Hebrew people. And while he's walking there one day, he sees one of these uh, Egyptians beating the the Hebrew person there. And so he, out of anger, Moses killed that Egyptian. So he's been saved from death once by the little reed raft in the river. Well, now he takes off for his life again because King, King of Egypt finds out he killed that Egyptian, he'll be dead. So he takes off and he finds himself in Midian. And... He joins himself to Jethro's family, and he marries Jethro's daughter, Zipporah, and he becomes a shepherd of Jethro's flock. And one day, while he's out tending Jethro's flock, he looks up and he catches something odd with his eye. He looks and he sees that it's a bush that is burning. The bush is on fire, but it's not being burned up. And so he starts to approach the bush to get a closer look at what is going on. And as he gets closer, God starts speaking out of that bush. And God says, I've heard the cries of my people, and I've seen the terrible ways that they are being treated. And guess what, Moses? I'm sending you to get them out of there. And Moses says, who am I to go and lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And God says, you go and I'll be with you. And then Moses has another question for him. He says, well, when I get to the children of Israel and I tell them that the God of your ancestors has, has sent me to you, they'll say, well, what is his name and what should I tell them? Look at Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. It says, and God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, 
I am has sent me to you. And that hit me just totally different than it ever had before when I read it. Now this happened in 1445 B.C. And about 1475 years later, God would elaborate on this name, I am. Who is I am? And what does that name mean to you? Turn with me, if you will, over to John chapter 6. And we'll be in John the rest of the time. John chapter 6, verse 35. Years later, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, explains who I am really is. John 6.35 says, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. I am the bread of life. Now these people crowding around Jesus here, they just witnessed him feed 5,000 people with five loaves and, and two fish. And then Jesus said, you come to me because I, I fed you. You come to me because I gave you food. But you need to quit chasing this, this worldly stuff that just passes away. It just passes away. It's no good. You need to quit chasing after this stuff and chase after eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. Because these people just didn't get it. They said, we want you to work a miraculous sign. I, I, I'm telling you, feeding 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish is pretty miraculous to me, right? But these people wanted a miraculous sign. They said, do, do something miraculous for us. You know, we hear that Moses uh, gave our ancestors manna from heaven. They gave, he gave them bread from heaven. Basically saying, do something like that. And Jesus said, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. Now he offers you true bread. And, and the true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the whole world. Jesus is saying we're born, we are all born with a hunger inside of us. We, we are all born with a vacuum inside of us, a hunger for something. And we humans try to fill it up with everything that we can think of. Alcohol, money, drugs, fame, possessions, you name it. Humans try to fill that that vacuum, that hunger with it. But that hunger that God put inside of us is for something real. It's for something true. It's for something that has hope. It's for something that does not end. It's eternal. It's not temporary. God put that hunger in us, and it can only be filled by true bread. And Jesus said, what Jesus was telling them then I am that true bread. Whenever Moses took that bread from God and gave it to your ancestors, that bread from heaven was a picture of me coming down for you. I am the true bread. That was only a picture of me. Believe on me and feel that hunger. That void in your life. Fill it up with me. That is the only way that you'll ever feel it. Jesus Christ says, I am 
the bread of life. Now look over at John chapter 8, verse 12. John chapter 8, verse 12. says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I am the light of the world. You know, Jesus had been battling these Pharisees at this point. They were trying to trip him up at every turn. At every turn, they had something that they were trying to trip him up with. And all of this was happening during the Feast of Tabernacles, where Israel remembers being led by that pillar of fire through the wilderness. And they celebrate it, they celebrate that deliverance with a torch parade, is how they would, that, that's what the, the Feast of Tabernacles, they would celebrate with a torch parade down through the street. And so that's kind of what Jesus was looking at when he turned and said, I'm the light of the world. That's what Jesus was looking at. And, you know, I was sitting here studying this, and I was thinking, you know, we're coming in into full-fledged fall. It's getting cold. Days are getting short. Darkness comes and fills a lot of the day, and we don't have near as much time to get done what we had to get done before. And we start losing a little bit of our energy, and we're stuck inside all the time. You know, that, that darkness is pretty miserable, right? I mean, and then spring comes and all of a sudden <clears throat> we see more light, the days get longer, people stay out doing stuff longer, everybody has a new life about them, new vegetation is growing, the things that were turning brown and falling off are now turning green again and new blooms are coming out. There's new life about everything because of that light. This is what Jesus was saying. I am the light of the world that you so desperately need in this dark place that you're living in. I'm it. I am the only source of life. I am the light of the world. Come to you in this dark place. I will dispel this darkness that surrounds you and I'll give you life and joy unspeakable. That's what a Christian has. Life and joy unspeakable. No matter what circumstances we're in, we have life and joy unspeakable. Just like the children of Israel were led by the pillar of fire, Jesus says, come to me, believe on me, follow me, and I will lead you to eternal life. I am the only source of it. I am the light of the world. Now look over with me at John chapter 10. Verse 9. John chapter 10, verse 9. says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and, and go in and out and find pasture. I am the door. You know, today... We live in an, in an inclusive world. And a lot of people don't want to walk around talking about Jesus, especially in public, because they'll upset somebody because somebody has put their hope 
in something other than Jesus Christ, and we might offend them, right? It's an inclusive world that we live in. And there's a lot of religions out there today that resent Jesus Christ as the door, the only way of access to God the Father. They resent Him. So they promise false hope, and they say, do this and do that. Stand on your head and do a little work. That's what you need to do. Do this and do that is what all these other religions say. And they do it all, all the while. They're emptying people's pocketbooks and leading them on the path to destruction. That's exactly what they're doing. But unlike these world religions that say do this and do that, Christianity is not a religion, but it's instead a relationship with Jesus Christ. And wherever everybody else says do this and do that, Christianity says, it's done. It's finished. It was finished on the cross at Calvary. That's what Jesus tells us. It's already done. You don't have to do anything else. Just believe on me. You don't have to do anything. Don't believe them when they say, do this, do that. I paid it all. It's finished. I finished it on the cross. And when I rose victorious over death on the third day, I made a door for you to enter into life. If you'll simply believe on me, I am the door. Look down a couple of verses at John 10, 11. It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. You know, a hired hand that tends to the sheep, his commitment only goes so far, right? A hired hand that watches sheep, his commitment only goes so far. But the shepherd, on the other hand, is different. The shepherd's different. The sheep belong to him. So he's committed to his sheep. Jesus is not merely doing a job. Jesus was and still is committed in His love for us. Committed to the point of giving His own life. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. J. Vernon McGee said this in his commentary, and I, and I thought it was great. He says, Here in John 10.11, Jesus is called the Good Shepherd. But we see in John 1.29, John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. How can he be the Lamb of God and the Good Shepherd at the same time? It seems like mixed metaphors, but it's actually one of the greatest truths in Scripture. He is the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. He came down and identified himself with us who are sheep. But he is also the Shepherd. The fact that he became a lamb emphasizes the humanity of Jesus Christ. The fact that he is the good shepherd emphasizes the deity of Christ. He alone was worthy and able to save us. No other human being could do this. He had to be God. And Jesus Christ was 100% God, 100% man, 100% God-man who died for us so that we could have life through Him. 
Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Turn with me to John 11, 25 through 26. Now here, Jesus has gotten news that his best friend Lazarus is dead. By the time Jesus gets there, Lazarus has been dead four days. All right? It's pretty bad. So he walks up and Lazarus' sister Martha comes out to see him. And she's talking to Jesus and just a couple of verses above where we turn to. Jesus said, your brother shall rise again. And she didn't really get it, did she? She, she said, well, I know he'll rise again on resurrection day. Well, then Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? I am the resurrection and the life. How wonderful. How wonderful is that? I mean, you could just say amen right there and go home. Right? I mean, how wonderful is that? I am the resurrection and the life. Believest thou this? Do you believe it? I believe, and I'll tell you what I believe. I believe Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. I believe Jesus left heaven's glory and came here to be born through the Virgin Mary. I believe Jesus was tempted, tried, and tested just like we are at every point, but He did it without sin. I believe that they treated my sinless Jesus like the worst criminal on earth. And I believe that he was beat until you could not even tell he was a human being anymore. I believe that they crucified him and hanging there on that cross being crucified, I believe he died. And I believe that they took his limp, lifeless body down off that cross and they buried him in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And I believe a lot of evil men did whatever they could do to make sure that he stayed in that tomb. But I also believe on the third day, on the third day, one of my favorite songs, Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose the victor from the dark domain and he lives forever with his saints to reign. Amen. I believe my loved ones who have died here on this earth, that their bodies are out there in these graves, but I believe they are present with the Lord. And I believe one day that the Lord will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and I believe those dead in Christ out there will rise up, and then us who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen.
All because of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Now turn over to John 14, 6. John 14, 6, Jesus said unto him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Notice here, Jesus didn't say I. He says I am the way. He doesn't say I am the person who shows the way. He personally is the way. He didn't just say he tells the truth. He is truth. Truth got its definition from him. He doesn't say he is alive. He says, I am the source of all life. Peter said of Jesus in Acts chapter 4 verse 12, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. When Christ finished His work on the cross at Calvary, the veil to the most holy place in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And that was God telling the whole world, you now have access to me through my Son alone. Christ alone is the way, the truth, and the source of true life. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now flip over to John 15, 5. <clears throat> One of my favorite verses. <clears throat> Jesus says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him will bring forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. I am the vine. Christ is our source for everything meaningful in life. Everything. Everything that means anything comes through Christ. Christ paved the way to the Father through His finished work on the cross. So when we believe on Him as our Savior, we achieve salvation. But we achieved it not by anything that we did. It was all through Christ. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, and He's washed me as white as snow. It's all through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, it's a gift from God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Then even after salvation, we need Christ every day. You know, that's, that's where Tyler James messed up years ago. Because I accepted Christ as my Savior, and then I thought I could just do it on my own. But we can't. We need Him. A close relationship abiding in Christ is what we need if we want to produce fruit and live a life pleasing to God. Another song I like, I need thee every hour. Stay thou nearby. Temptations lose their power when thou art nigh. 
I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. Even the best that we can do on our own is filthy rags. Nothing. We must be plugged into the vine in a close relationship daily, minute by minute, second by second, with our Savior in order to produce good and lasting fruit. He is the only way that we can do it. He says, I am the vine. Jesus Christ is my Savior. And Jesus Christ, my Savior, is the great I Am. But He wants to know something from us today. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 17, Jesus asked His disciples, Who do men say that I am? And they said, ah, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. And he said, I'm not talking about people. Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, son of the living God. And he said, blessed are you, because flesh and blood didn't reveal it to you, but my Father in heaven did. Jesus saw Peter's true heart of belief that day. What does Jesus see when he looks on our heart? You know, Jesus does, he, he just doesn't want lip service. He just doesn't want us to talk a good game. He wants our full faith in him and our full devotion to Him. That's what He wants. And the way we love here, the way we serve here, and the way we work for Him here shows Him a whole lot about where we've placed Him in our lives. Jesus is asking a question this morning. Who do you say that I am? And what is our true answer to our Savior? Let us pray. God, my Father in heaven, I come to you just thanking you for this time we've had together. and Just thank you for your precious word and how it works in our lives, God. And I just thank you for these truths this morning that we have gone through. And thank you, God, that we have seen this morning, the great I am and what he means to our lives. May we take it, God, and may if, there, if there's someone here who has, who has never put their faith and trust in Christ, I pray that this morning they would see him as the great I am, their Savior, who died for them to give them life. And I pray, God, if there's someone who is a Christian who is just Simply not, not living right and not working for you. I pray, God, that they would see that those things that we do in our life truly do show you the great I am where we've placed you at in our lives. Speak to us, God, through your word this morning. 
just keep speaking into our hearts through your word that we've heard. I thank you for my Savior, the great I Am, Jesus Christ, who loved me and gave his life for me even though he had done nothing wrong and I was the filthy one. He took all my sin upon himself and died there for me so that I could have life through him. I love you. I thank you. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray it this morning.